We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the director for The Tomorrow War, Chris McKay. Okay, none of you are my child. Has anyone seen Miri? are fighting a war 30 years in the future. Is this a joke? Our enemy is not human. We need you to fight. You got drafted. I will be back. Why is this happening? What about the teacher's deferment and the veteran's deferment? If I don't go, they're going to draft you in my place. But if something does happen to me, you and Mary will be taken care of. If something happens to you, Dan, 70% of draftees do not return. Sometimes a man does what's best for his family, not himself. Move your shirt, please. Wait, what's this for? It's just a test. Oh, a seatbelt. Was it a driving test? No, you don't have jokes in the future? Ah! This device facilitates your jump to and from the future war. One minute to jump. Oh, here, buddy. Take that. You just look around like that. How are you so calm? Long story. Be yeah, ex-military? Yeah. Kind of a short story, I guess. Three, two, one. In 11 months' time, all human beings in the future will be wiped from the face of the Earth. Unless you help us. I was trying to save my daughter. If I got to save the world to save her, then I'm gonna do it. This is the end. The human species will disappear from the face of the Earth. We are literally living on borrowed time. There's still a chance that we can stop this war from ever happening. So we gotta fight. Well, it was nice knowing you. Thanks so much for uh, for talking with me today about the Tomorrow War. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thanks very much for, uh, for talking to me. Appreciate it. So you've been working in animation for nearly two decades. Obviously, most recently came off of Lego Movie and Lego Movie Batman. What about those movies prepared you to, to for directing the Tomorrow War? Yeah, the previs and animatic process is a is a big part of uh, you know how you make an animated movie, how you build your reels. You do you storyboard, you make an animatic, you do previs, you do previs layout. Um, and, and you add that, uh, you know, once you sort of, you know, boarded things and started to, uh, you know, get sort of your understanding where the story's going. Uh, and that's very similar to making a big live action uh, movie that has a, you know, one of your main characters, your villain of the character, uh, villain of the movie is a character that's entirely or almost entirely created in, in CG. We had a couple of uh, 
we had, we had, a, we had a couple of animatronic uh, uh, instances of using the animatronic character in the movie, but for the most part, it's entirely uh, created in the computer. So you you know uh, so you have to uh, and 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 also just financially like you you can't go into a movie like this and wing it uh, in in any way shape or form no matter what you have to you have to sort of think through all of these scenes. So so to be able to have you know boards animatic previs. Um, process is very similar and um, uh, it, it just helps you, you at, least, at least then you know because I do like to sort of you know kind of organically work even though I've got a plan I like to have a baseline of what we need to get and then kind of organically work from there kind of sometimes you know Chris will have an idea Yvonne will have an idea something like that something works better for camera by doing it this way you're always going to sort of you know, improvise a little bit, but but you need you need to at least start with a basic plan, and so that's what's similar to animation. Well, yeah, I was going to specifically ask about that. How with it being so planned out, because it is a VisFX heavy film, how how much room is there for improvisation as you're filming? Depends on if you're asking the producer or the director. <laughs> right. Um, uh, the the director is going to this director anyway is going to say. Uh, uh, you know, quite a bit um, because I probably, again, because I have the confidence of knowing that the, you know, I know sort of what I need to get to get out of here uh, on any given day. So get out of the, you know, get out of our day with, with good material. But I do really like working with actors and I like finding uh, moments that feel real. And sometimes the moments that feel real need to be kind of coaxed into being through, you know, whether it's repetition, repetition, repetition to sort of get something to feel natural or to shake it up and have the actor kind of be able to go off and be free. And you just have to work with a team that, that is, that's sort of willing to embrace some of that stuff. And, and, uh, and then you then probably later when you're in post, you gotta make priorities because there's only a finite amount of, of money. So you're gonna have to make choices. Do you want that thing that you went off and made this kind of wild thing? That's a great performance and does all this stuff, but is also now going to be expensive compared to something else. You just have to, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to make choices and negotiate with people and 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 be smart. From you know, you have to have good producers, good good on set producers on the movie, good VFX producers, and we had all of that on this movie. We had people who were really thoughtful about that, really cared about, you know, really genuine. They weren't trying to make a schedule. They weren't trying to make a spreadsheet. They were trying to make a good movie. They're trying. They're doing. They're doing everything they could to make something really great. So you just need to work with people who who get that and are going to let you be a little flexible. And I'm and I'm also somebody. Who's, who is who's responsible? I, I I know when I know when things are going over, and I know when stuff is you know when I when I when I've okay I've I've exhausted everything I'm going to get out of this thing, so I don't need to push it. So you know you know it's a combination of stuff. You got to be good, and they they have to have to be, have good partners. You also have the good partners. And you referenced the the creatures, the aliens in this film. Uh, the creature design is honestly insane. Some of the most unique designs I've seen in a long time. Loved it. What what direction did you give to the to the team that designed those creatures to get such a unique and and horrifying design? Um, yeah, I told you know, look, I I you know, I wanted the I wanted them to feel old. Like I wanted their I wanted you to I wanted you to see things in their skin, in their arms, in their legs that 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 gave them a history, that gave them you know something beyond the edge of the frame, cuts, nicks, um, flakes, you know, it was just stuff that felt like the skin was, you know, molting, flaking off, um, all kinds of texture. I wanted surface areas to feel, some to feel 
harder than other areas so that I understood that like their shoulder pads were more armored up than maybe their arms were and things like that but their arms still felt like leather still felt like still felt tough um I wanted them to feel hungry I so that was the thing I described I said they got to feel hungry they got to feel like they have an insatiable appetite their teeth have to feel like a dental nightmare and be rotten and 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 scary looking um, I, I wanted them to have offensive weapons so the tentacles and the, the spikes and things like that uh, came out of that. And I also wanted them to have a feral intelligence. I wanted them to look like they, like they, in the way that coyotes and wolves have a kind of feral intelligence and that there's an, there, you can see there's a life behind their eyes and that they communicate with each other. I wanted these guys to, even though you don't understand what they're saying, that you understand that each thing that they're calling out means something and that they can call others and they can run plays to sort of attack their prey and that kind of thing. So that was a lot of discussions that we had that ended up with some really interesting out of the box creature design. I mean, just, just tons of really great stuff from everybody. All the, all the designs we used. Um, but Ken really focused on something that was really, he found a way of kind of putting all of the pieces that I wanted together. And then we just kind of added on top of that and took some things away and messed around with it. Um, but his, I think we stayed really true to kind of like one of his final forms and and uh, and it adapted it for the purposes of rigging and 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 for you know for the stuff that we'd have to do on set. But you know, it was really it, it was really great. He really he really found a really unique creature, and I was really happy with the way it turned out. Yeah, yeah, you should be. It's phenomenal. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Did you have any specific inspiration for how you approached the visual style of the film? What did you want to, what did you want the film to look like? I mean, I wanted, you know, I wanted the times for it to feel real, you know, that there wasn't like a heightened real, there was like a, you know, a Catherine Bigelow reel at times, if, if I, if I, you know, if I could, that was something I was, I was striving uh, for. I wanted, you know, sometimes a cinema verite mm. kind of thing. So it felt a little bit like you were, you know, that's why I used handheld sometimes a little bit more um, uh, in order to just sort of evoke like a, you are there kind of thing. Um, I, you know, and I, uh, I, you know, in the, in the, in the beginning of the movie, I was sort of consciously thinking about movies like children of men, and stuff like that for as the, as this sort of story gets a little bit, you know, dystopian after the people come down from, you know, they come out of the sky at the world cup. 
Um, and then I wanted the movie to feel like a war movie. You know, once, once the sci-fi stuff starts happening and they go to the future, how, how can it feel like a war movie? And then the war movie turns into a horror movie. How can it feel like a John Carpenter movie? I can feel like a Hitchcock movie, a Brian Apollo movie. Like a stairwell scene in particular was like trying to make like a Hitchcock to Palma, John Carpenter-ish scene. Um, and, and, and so used a lot of that the, those techniques in the hallway fight that Chris gets into after that, you know, um, that was, you know, the, a lot of that was inspired by some boards that, uh, that, uh, that Heiko drew that, uh, I really liked. Um, and then, uh, uh, and then, yeah, I just wanted, you know, um, just always wanted there to be a little element of real, a little element of, of, uh, of, you know, like, like I said, handheld, you are there kind of stuff. That was all the stuff I was kind of chasing for the movie. Um, a lot of and then you know as much scope and scale as possible like I, you know when we go to iceland i want to see you know when we rush in the movie but we shot in iceland i want to see these epic you know glacial gl glacier vistas and things like that um so shooting a lot of stuff with helicopters there and, and that kind of thing that was you know stuff like that that was really key well one one last question before i let you go yeah you know we talked about you you spent a, lo a lot of time in animation but the tomorrow war isn't actually your first live action feature film you directed a movie called two weeks one year back in 2002 so i know that's a long time ago yeah. but did you learn anything specific on that first live action film that you made that you brought with you to the tomorrow war yeah don't spend your own money on a movie you get producers to spend spend money that's a um, good lesson it's a good lesson yeah <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I learned a lot. I mean, look, you know, anytime if you're not, I, you know, you can't be making movies. I, I don't think, you know, uh, you shouldn't be making movies if you're not, if you as a human being, uh, whether you're a director, whether you're a writer, whether you're a producer, whether you're anything, if you as a human being are not actively engaged in something in the material. And I think particularly directors and writers need to be wrestling with the material at all times and in, in anything you're doing, because otherwise, you know, uh, I think the movies fall flat. So, so I think that there's, you got to find something about yourself in there. And then you got to constantly, the movie's going to constantly be confronting you with kind of the opinions that you started the movie with and the opinions that you end the movie with about whatever it is, whatever the subject is, you know, relationships, war, you know, poverty, anything. And for two weeks, you know, it was a movie that was very much a, you know, a 20, you know, 20 some year old, uh, guy writing a movie about relationships and what that 20 some year old guy knew at that time. So, uh, so that was a wide opening experience for me because, you know, you're, because that was my first real creative where I really invested myself in something, you know, before that I did music videos and commercials and things like that, but in which are all, you know, anything you do is you know, in, in, with collaborative artists challenging, but when you're doing something that's like, you know, that and you're invested personally, it's, you can't help but every day have some, revelation about yourself or just even hear the words coming out of your mouth and you're trying to describe something you're suddenly realizing what and you see what those words mean to somebody else and they go and do something and you see how that led them down this path and then you're like wait a minute uh maybe let's try something else and then you start to just become who you are as a director um through that process i, I learned a lot on that movie and um and I, it made me the filmmaker uh, that I am today by, by doing that, because, you know, I made, I did some, you know, I got some really great performances out of some really wonderful actors. And I also learned a lot about storytelling and it was a non-linear movie. So I was trying something where it was just flashing back and forth and, and had a comp complicated structure. So I learned a lot about posts. So yeah, I learned a lot. Of the movie. That's awesome. Well, Chris, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for the film and best of luck.
Thank you. Nice meeting you. Take care. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the director for The Tomorrow War, Chris McKay, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. The Tomorrow War is currently streaming on Amazon Prime Video. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you all so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.